Welcome to Reality Check, your source for the latest reality analysis. My name is Emma Fullen and I am your host. Normally, I would ask my guests about their relationship with reality TV, but since we have no guests this week, boo the flu, I would love for you to think about your own relationship with the medium. How does it make you feel? What is the purpose? Let us know. And please stick around until the very end for a special announcement. I know that you would stick around until the end anyway, but I know that you'll want to hear this announcement. It is very, very special and very, very juicy. So this season's reality TV show is Temptation Island, a show that describes itself as an experiment. We get four couples and rocky relationships who split up into separate houses filled with 12 singles of the opposite sex. Will they find new love, go back to each other, or perhaps they'll leave completely alone? Last episode, there were a few wild parties. The first dates were picked in front of their significant others, which was really juicy. They went on their dates, connections are forming, and we saw the first two bonfires out of eight. I don't know why the producers decided to split up the bonfires like this. It was, a, it was, it was an interesting choice. Just uh, if you're new here, bonfires are a viewing session of what the couple's significant other has been up to while living the single life. They talk about it, cry about it, that's about it. Um, The biggest thing about the bonfires last episode was the promise ring. Jillian was trying to decide whether she wanted to keep it on or take off the promise ring. It was still episode two. It might be a little too early to know. But Edgar saw this and... Tears were flowing for sure. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty good. It's a little sad, but it was pretty good. Um, but this episode, I have a lot to say, and I did watch on my own. Boo flew, so I took some really good notes. Um, and let's start. Bonfire Part Two starts us off. I again don't know why they did it like this. Um, there were eight people there's there's four couples so there's eight people they decided to do two bonfires well two people in the men bonfire um but yeah it was very interesting because they also started it with edgar's closing thoughts there was no intro just some weird music it was like um you're not gonna tempt me that's my singing um that is how it sounds and I will preface this episode, too, by saying I will be singing a lot of these interludes because they are ridiculous. And we'll get into that later, but I want to get through what we covered this episode. So then we move on to LaSalle's and his reaction to Ashley's clip, which was actually very calm. Um, We were shown Ashley connecting with a single, and LaSalle says, that's what we came here to try. She trusts me, and I trust her. And then... Mark Wahlberg, not of the Funky Bunch, says, you're seeing what I'm seeing and you're not concerned? What? Okay, stop being messy. LaSalle's is level-headed. I think he and Ashley's understanding of this experiment is much better than the other ones here. And I don't know if the producers don't like that, but I thought that that was really wrong of Mark to kind of insert there. Whatever. Anyway, Hanya and Ash. As Hanya says, they came into this episode with the one rule of respect. 
He offered the idea of an open relationship to Ash, and that's why they came here in the first place. But last episode, Ash kind of went for it with one of the singles. She started to form a connection, and they were, were, they were showing that connection. Hanya did not like that. He was visibly upset. He said he may have not been clear about her with what, like, clear about what he wanted with her. But leading up to the show, you have, I don't know, application, audition, all the pre-show whatnot. I feel like maybe there was some time to figure out that you didn't want an open relationship before you were on live TV. I don't know. I hated it. Um, just just the sight of Ash connecting with one of the singles made Hanya rethink an open relationship, which is so great for him. That's a really cool discovery that I think would like bode very well in couples therapy. But um, probably not now on live TV after you said it multiple times. And she said, I'm not down with that. And then started exploring it. And now he's not okay with it. Like, what about this is like... I don't know. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. And then this, the music goes, feels like a merry-go-round. And then it ends with like, this might be toxic. What? Sorry for yelling. I am so, oh, I hate it. Oh my God. Anyway, I'll leave you with that. The ladies bonfire. What is the point of the bonfire still? I really don't know. I am asking myself this every episode. So far, there's only been three and two of which had bonfires, but I did ask myself both of those episodes. So we start off with Jillian. Her section was very calm, and her response to the clip, I thought, was pretty logical. And Mark had some nice things to say, which I was excited about because I really did not like how he handled LaSalle's section. I don't really remember what he said to Hanya. I guess it wasn't, like, prominent enough for me to listen to that over Hanya being a, a jerk whatever. But the comparison of Jillian's clip that was shown to Edgar expressing whether the promise ring should stay on or off and his reaction is so different from what they are showing Jillian. Um, part of the clip that was showed um, is him saying, like, I really want her to answer some questions in this experiment. And then at the very end says, like, well, I feel like she's dragging me along. That's it? That's it. Jillian was, like, drunk by the pool, not knowing if she should keep her promise ring on or off because, because he cheated on her, and then she is now watching this clip of him and being like, yeah, okay, well, I think that's fair. And he was, like, sobbing. So, I don't know. I don't know. You be the judge. I am not here to judge, even though I'm sure things that I'm saying are definitely out of judgment. Moving on. Iris was shown a clip from the party. The party the night before, or the, the episode before, was um, the single women putting food items all over the couple's men's bodies, licking, eating them off, you know, fun stuff for them. But that is so unfair because every man participated in that party and was blindfolded and eaten off in that scene. Eaten off of. 
And so why is this the only opportunity that you're showing that party scene if it was like so scandalous? But Iris said she was not, um, you know, she was expecting much worse. So I sense that she feels some encouragement because the fact that they showed that scene for Luke kind of means that there's really nothing else going on for him. And so maybe that is a good thing. I don't know if she's picking up on that because she's obviously not seeing what we're seeing. But I guess that was pretty good. So then Ashley is shown a clip of LaSalle's forming a connection with a girl. What I saw was LaSalle's being honest with his date about using this experience as a learning opportunity. But it struck Ashley in a very different way because in the last seven years of dating, she and LaSalle's had never had a, quote, deep conversation like that, unquote. That is just so sad to me. This was not a very deep convo. I am so sorry, Ashley. Get out of there. Ash and Hanya, on the other hand, was sh um, she was shown Hanya saying, out of sight, out of mind, um, which is just a dagger through the heart, honestly. It, it came through my heart. They also showed a party clip for him as well. But everyone else that was shown in the bonfire got like a, a single scene like a single sentence that they said that might set off their significant other. Hanya got a compilation of all the dirty little things thus far. He was saying all of that stuff about respect, and he believes that Ash wasn't respecting him with the decisions that she made. But let's take a little look at this compilation, Hanya. What do you mean about respect? He also, as we found out, calls Ash a friend in front of other women. That is just ridiculous to me. I, I, they, I think they've been dating for a year and a half. I don't know. That's just, mm, moving on. So the fact that they're getting this information in the third episode, and a lot of them are saying like, I guess it's just time for me to forget about him and start doing other things and blah, 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 blah. Okay, what are we gonna do for the next eight episodes? Because they are having these amazing revelations about these men that they're with. And now we're going to go on for eight more episodes? Okay. You be the judge. You be the judge. So everyone goes back to the villas, talks about what went down. Um, so the single men in the ladies' villa, I'm pretty sure they know that the women basically went off to essentially get their hearts stomped on by the impeccable producing team, and then they're ready when the women come back. They are there for them as, as they are the most emotionally vulnerable they've been this entire time, probably. And I think that's really messed up. This is like an opportunity for the men to hit on these women when they are the most emotionally vulnerable. And none of the single women came to the men's aid when, like, they came back from the bonfire. So what is the difference there? Is it, like, emotional maturity from the single women? Is it just a sense of respect for their space? Or is this, like, something on the producer's end? I'm sure it is because they went off into their, like, little separate pods, into the privacy, whatever. So I, I, I am assuming it is a pro producer decision. But it was really, I don't know, it was really messed up, I thought. Um, also, why are we using 
for the villas, we're using guys' villa and we're using girls' villa. These are adults. I apologize if I have used that language in previous episodes because that is gross and I feel conditioned to use that by the show. These are men and women. I don't know how everyone feels about the word guys, but why are we using girls? Women. These are adults. Anyway, Ash ends up asking Tommy on a date. And this is really jolting for me because they just kind of like went their separate ways and talked to everyone after the bonfire. And then all of a sudden they're asking people on a date, which in last episode we were introduced to the like asking out on a date, whatever scenario as a very dramatic asking someone in front of their significant other type of experience. This is not happening. So I'm not sure why they made it so awkward last episode, um, but I was also so confused when they started asking people out in this episode because it really came out of nowhere. And I thought it was like, oh, they're just saying like, just so you know, like future, I'm going to pick you for my next date. No, this was like the proposal. So Ash asked Tommy on a date. Now, if you remember, that is Jillian's man. Jillian gave an eye roll. Yes, Jillian. I agree. Then another party and we're like coming out of literally nowhere. They tried to transition it in by one of the single women referring to the party. She said like, well, we'll have to get down at the party or what did she say? Something that really did not make a clean transition, but they still used it. Um, so here we are again in the men's villa painting each other while partying with finger paints? Why do these parties always have to have some substance spread across the men's torso? It is so confusing. And then, oh, and then we go to the women's villa where the, the men are playing tag football and the women are in cheerleading outfits, cheering them on on the sidelines. So we, we can't just have a party there has to be some kind of activity that the majority enjoys. And what I say there is for the women's villa where the majority of people are men, they play sport. For the men's villa where the majority of people are women, they finger paint. Oh, women love to paint. How cute is that? No. Also, side note, I would really hate living in these villas because they are so freaking messy. There is paint and food everywhere because they're not consuming all of it. No one can consume that amount of food or paint and it's everywhere and they do it inside the villa. It is not like on the, on the green, it's in their living room. That's disgusting. So after partying, there's some honesty time, which as we all know, is always the best time for honesty time. Why are these so um, dramatic? I guess, why, why are these moments where they come off of some kind of event just drunk, just sad, crying, vulnerability? I know the answer. It makes a good show. But it really freaking messes me up. So then we decide to go on the dates all of a sudden. Um, I didn't even write down a transitional musical phrase at this point, so I guess it was really that severe. Um, and also, why are the dates so extreme? 
They went, <laughs> the women took their dates to scale a waterfall. I don't know the point of this. Maybe they're trying to break down their barriers to, like, make the women vulnerable with the strong men. But then the men took their dates go-karting. And the men drove. All of the men drove. I, here's the deal. You can make a dating show. You can make a reality TV show. You can do all of these things. And people will watch. But what I really want to see is something that does not do all of those things. Maybe I am just watching the wrong show. That might be the answer to all of my problems. But I digress. When, um, when they're done with their dates, they go and sit in the woods. So I guess that's, that's where the date really happens. Um, maybe there's not a lot of coverage when the extreme sporting takes place. So it might just be a fun experience to offer these people in the middle of like really exhausting relationship trauma. Because after the activity, they all move to their private little area to discuss their emotions. So... There's a lot of things that happen here, but nothing stood out to me quite as much as Iris. She is making a very smart decision for herself right now. She put the brakes on the emotional connection with her date because she said she's never not been in a relationship and wants to use this time to find herself. That is smart. Proud of her. I am so proud of Iris. I really did not expect that from her. She made like a really good decision with that. And I'm happy that the show didn't kind of turn itself on her because her date said, like, it's a little crushing because I had this connection with her, but I totally respect that decision. Like, thank you, producers, for not saying, can you like talk a little crap about her in your little interview? Or maybe like, can we make iris look like the villain here because she's not she's actually learning and i really appreciate that so then here's where things get a little confusing with me um lascelles takes trace on a date she brings up her feelings and she makes some very valid points but she gets emotional and tears up a little and then the music i'm sorry that the tears come announced like a flood this place we don't know. Just for a little, like, ambiance so, like, you understand, like, what's going on right now. But she wants some space from Lascelles because she believes she's fighting for something she'll never win. And Lascelles is working really hard to preserve the relationship while making other people happy and not trying to hurt anyone. It is literally episode three. It's been it's only so many days. We don't really know. Time is in a warp. But... I'm assuming it's been a few days because they always say like the other day, unless they're like me and I say the other day and I literally met four months ago, but who knows? Reality TV is wild. I think that these are really valid points that she brings up and I just don't understand how someone can go on this show without knowing, yeah, I'm probably going to hurt at least one person in the process. Maybe that person is yourself. But LaSalle's is working really, really, really hard on making that number zero. So that's the end of episode three of Temptation Island. There's a lot that went down. There's also not a lot that went down. But the biggest thing for me was the reality TV music. This should be its own genre. It is the worst thing that I've ever heard. But the worst, the worst 
reality TV show music is on Love is Blind. I don't know if anyone's seen it or knows what I'm talking about. Maybe I'm just like so honed in on the music because that's like my background. I don't know. But it is so aggressive. Every single thing is like, oh, say Jack walked over to Jill and they're like, whoa, he's walking over to Jill. And I'm like, how can this get so freaking specific it's like abba music and mama mia how is it so specific anyway i feel like the music is getting worse on this show um they just throw words together over piano music and i i personally don't need musical interludes to explain exactly what just happened what i need is a narrator to tell me what's coming up so i'm not mind jolted into every freaking scene. So today, I watched this episode by myself. I had a pretty good handle on what was going on because there weren't any other distractions. It was just me and my YouTube live. Oh, my YouTube TV, not live. I made that mistake already. When I'm watching with friends, it's a little different because sometimes you do miss those little transitions because it usually happens when there's not a lot going on. And that's what I said, I think, in the last episode. I think they really rely on audiences to be watching with their girlfriends or to be watching with a group of people so that you don't catch all of these discrepancies that they didn't want to worry about in post. And I, I will die on the narration hill because they are really, really missing out on that. And so last episode, Sydney and I discussed um, how maybe a Dr. Phil cameo could whip these couples into shape. But I will admit, after Mark's first drama-inducing remark, he made some really nice points. And I honestly think that, like, Dr. Phil would be living for the drama. I don't think that, like, he'd be nice at all knowing the very few Dr. Phil episodes I've watched, I think he'd feed into that drama. And Mark did like kind of an okay, not really feeding into it, but really asking them like, how does this make you feel? So this show is kind of a slow burn, but it has extremely quick character development, which I'm seeing as an oxymoron. But these people have nothing other than each other. No phones, no, it doesn't look like there's any books no laptops, I'm assuming. And so the relationships will develop very quickly. And as that's like every reality TV show. But at the same time, I don't think there's a lot of drama in the season. So every episode is like, here's a steamy preview for the season. And it's all the crazy drama all at once. So we think, oh, next episode is going to be really good. And then it just is kind of slow, which is fine because like maybe I've been conditioned for for drama from the first episode of Love is Blind or the first season of Love is Blind because that was some quality reality TV but then that makes me feel really sad because I remember we're exploiting people's real relationships for the drama and are disappointed when that doesn't happen and I think that's maybe a societal problem that will just get worse and may turn into a real-life Black Mirror episode. But I don't know. This show just seems to be taking us on, like, a really slow journey, even while the couples have been on a few dates and are weaving in and out of their relationships so quickly. It's, it's a weird feeling. But this is what I was thinking. 
a couple's therapy session. I think I've said this before, but I've like kind of fleshed out my idea a little bit more. What is the point of the bonfire if they see snippets without context and then don't get to talk to their significant other about it? It makes problems and feelings start to fester. It makes things worse. It creates the drama. Yet again, we are faced with a producer problem creating the drama and wanting it to be a good time for the audience. But as an audience member, even if I'm looking at it from more of like a journalistic perspective, even if I'm watching it with a couple friends literally on the TV, I want all of them to succeed in the end. I'm not here preying on anyone's downfall, at least like not yet. It's episode three. I want everyone to succeed. And I haven't really learned that anyone is truly evil yet. But I want this experiment to have some kind of mental health awareness. Maybe they keep like attending couples therapy until one person decides they won't go and it's like that's when free reign kind of happens. A little drama for the viewers, but hopefully some clarity can come from it. I don't know. Of course, the couples therapy would be like not in public. They wouldn't film it because that would just, I think that's a, not HIPAA, I think that's just client, client, client therapist, I don't know, some contract that they will need to sign. And then if they would like to talk about it after all of that happens, after the session happens, then the couples are okay to do that at their own like disclosure or at their own um, whatever, because that's what they choose to do. I don't know. It's just an idea. I hope the producers are listening. Um, If you are, give me a narrator, um, cut the music, and put in a couples therapy session. I think that that would be really beneficial. That kind of wraps up our episode today. It was a short one. Um, Oh, it was actually kind of long. You're welcome. You get to listen to my voice for 30 minutes. So here's the announcement. Can you hear that? Next week, our guest will be... The Jillian Lieberman. I can't wait to hear what this girl has to say about the filming, her thoughts on the show's final product and everything else. Um, She agreed to come on with me and I was literally over the moon. I am so, so happy to be on. It's going to be a Zoom interview because she is living her life in Miami. But I am very, very excited and you should be very excited for this as well. So thank you all for listening and you should always tune in for your latest episode of Reality Check. I didn't have that written, so it came out a little weird. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for episode four of Reality Check. There we go. Okay, bye.